happy 4th of July. Happy, Did you like that? Happy 4th of July. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, hopefully everybody's having a great July 4th. Uh, while we're recording this, it's uh, July 4th afternoon. Yes. It is a very hot 4th of July afternoon. Yeah. So hopefully you're uh, enjoying sunshine family. We're going to go hopefully do some swimming later. And don't set anything on fire, you guys. <laughs> that is important to me. Today on episode 490 of I Am Salt Lake podcast, we are joined by our new friend, Joseph Grenny, chairman of the board at the Other Side Academy, as well as the Other Side Village. During this conversation, we get to talk about what inspired him to start the Other Side Academy here in Salt Lake City and what it's doing to help our local community. And we get to find out about the Other Side Village that will be opening up here very soon. We also, of course, get to chat briefly about some of the books that he's co-authored. I know Chrissy's a fan of a few of them, as well as myself, I guess. I don't know why I always say that you're well, the fan of them. because I've been pushing his books on you like an aggressor. I actually push his books on everyone I well, meet. They're fantastic. <laughs> yeah, and I got to be honest, I've been a big fan of... I didn't even realize all the things that he did, and everything he does is just incredible. I mean, I'm obsessed with behavioral science and social science and and how people, you know, react to things. And, and he's such a wealth of information. Oh, yeah. I just love what he does. So and, I was a little starstruck and I got a little tongue tied the whole time. Apologies <laughs> all around. Uh, we're going to get into that conversation here in just a moment, though. But before we do, let's introduce ourselves. Hey guys, I'm Chrissy, Chrissy Hollifield. Hey, and I'm the other guy over here, Chris Hollifield. Yeah, he's the other guy. The other guy. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> and if you're a longtime listener of the podcast, welcome back. Thank you for joining us again. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, you might be wondering what it's all about. Well, we're here every week with a brand new episode where we get to showcase awesome people in Salt Lake City, Utah and surrounding areas. We get to talk to business owners, authors, tattoo artists, restaurant owners, musicians, food truck owners, distilleries, really anyone that might have a cool story to share. There are some awesome stories up uh, up on the podcast list. So go Dude, check we got cool people. Go check them out. Awesome people here in Salt Lake City. Hey, this summer the nonprofit Sundance Institute is kicking off a free new screening series for the locals to say thank you to its home state. The program will spotlight buzzy selections from the 2021 Sundance Film Festival, including award-winning feature films like Summer of Soul, Coda, Jockey, and One for the Road. Screenings will take place at venues in Park City and Salt Lake City. And you can get all the details and save your spot at these special outdoor events by visiting sundance.org slash sundancelocals. And many thanks to Sundance Institute for being a sponsor of this podcast. All right, let's get into that conversation that we had with Joseph Grenny from the Other Side Academy. This one's a good one, you guys. So, so hold on to your seat and let's go. I want to start right at the Other Side Academy, right up top with what they're about and what they are, because I'm sure a lot of listeners aren't even familiar with what the Other Side Academy is. So uh, if you want to start there, tell us a little bit about it, how it started and, and uh, whatnot, we can go there. Great. Love to. I, uh, so the, the Other Side Academy to me is, is one of the most unique, special and wonderful places in the entire world. Uh, it's a place where, where people are exerting more energy to try to change their life in a positive direction than most any other place on the planet. And it's a place where people are about each other. 
where uh, so it's a peer run community, uh, self-reliant. It's a two and a half year minimum commitment. Our students have been arrested an average of 25 times prior to coming to the Other Side Academy. Most were on their way to additional incarceration, and they're given the option of coming there as an alternative to that incarceration. The beauty is it costs nothing. So in, in some ways, my wife and I helped start the Other Side Academy as a solution to what we think is a really perverse problem in the world. Um, those who struggle with addiction, those who don't want that to be part of their lives, and those who have been kind of brought into a life of criminal activity to support their addiction, most of the options available to them don't work. And uh, the, the, the rehab industry in general was designed based on a funding model. It was designed not based on what people need. So if our students have been arrested 25 times. Most are in their mid-30s or 40s. And so they've been, they've been running addiction for, you know, 20, 30 years sometimes. And to say we're going to send you to a 30-day program and that that's going to fix a 20-year lifestyle uh, is just kind of an outrage. But that's what we do. And so as a couple of our kids started running down the wrong path, my wife and I looked at this and thought, well, there's this model out there. It doesn't exist in Utah. And uh, there, there are hundreds and hundreds of people in our state that need it as well. Uh, something needs to be done. So we took action. How long ago did you say the Other Side Academy started? Or, or I'm not sure. Maybe you didn't say. I don't know. September 1st of this year will be six years. Six years. For kindergartners. Wow. That's so cool. I remember I first heard about actually the Other Side Movers. So this was probably a few years after you started the Other Side Academy? Yeah, actually, the well, so as I, as I mentioned, it's free, which means that we have to find a way to support ourselves. We've got about 100 students living in the house right now, and that costs a lot of money to you know feed 100 mouths and, uh, and keep a roof over our heads. And so we needed income. And so the moving company was the first thing we started. About three months after we opened our doors, we rented a U-Haul truck. We went out to the public and we said, hey, we're a bunch of felons and we want to come into your house and move your valuables. And uh, not a lot of people called. <laughs> the phone was kind of quiet for a while until the reviews started racking up. And if any of your listeners go out and look at Yelp or Thumbtack or Home Advisor, there are literally hundreds of five-star reviews because the students kill it. We, they really do. We've used them twice to move, two oh, times, and both times have been amazing experiences. So, yeah, literally the nicest stars. movers, the most helpful. They went out of their way to help us both times more than other people usually would. It was a great experience. And then they told us about the other side thrift store uh -huh. too, which I'm just like, oh man, you guys are brilliant. Yeah, it kind of happened by accident. I guess it's the way all good entrepreneurship does. The students were noticing that as they go out on moves, people would hear their story and they'd say, oh my gosh, well, we don't need that couch and take that armoire there. And, and so we started having yard sales and the yard sales were just incredibly popular and we're getting terrific merchandise from people that just love the Other Side Academy and wanted to be helpful. And so it grew and grew and grew until we said we need a retail space and now we've got two a uh, 20,000 square foot store and a 10,000 square foot store and enormous warehouse and really some of the finest merchandise that you'll find in the state. Now, can people donate? Like can listeners instead of, uh, you know, there's a few other thrift shops that are typically where people donate in Utah, but can people, if they decided to uh, donate directly to the other side thrift shop, can they just bring stuff there? Yeah. So 4290 South State is the first location. Okay. There's a big dock there. The students will rush to the dock and help unload it off your car or truck. And, 
Yeah, so people do that all the time. It's uh, it's just it's wonderful to see the outpouring of support that happens when you do something good. And our students are doing something absolutely magnificent. And so the public response really matches it. That's so cool. I want to go back a little bit to when you started the Other Side Academy and when it first got presented and uh, the idea came to your head. Was there any pushback from the city, from Salt Lake City, nervousness? Like, oh my gosh, that's kind of a wild idea to bring all those people together under one roof. I mean, you didn't even know if it would work or not, did you? No, there, there was a moment, in fact, after we'd had the idea and we were running way down the path. We had a location and we had a team put together. And I remember driving uh, with my wife one day and she looked at me and she said, this is ridiculous. Judges aren't going to just open the jail doors and say, hey, let's let these folks just come over to your facility there. we got no track record. Why would they trust us? And, uh, and I thought for a second, yeah, this is kind of dumb. And yet it worked, you know, then. And I think the reason it worked is, number one, because it's built on a model that's proven. It's built on good research. It's built on on sound theory. We didn't just make this stuff up. And secondly, judges and prosecutors, in spite of what a lot of people that get convicted frequently in Utah feel, many of the judges and prosecutors are as disgusted and discouraged by what's going on as anybody else. And they hate seeing the same people come up again and again and again. And they know they've got potential and want them to be able to change. So we found an enormous level of support from the criminal justice system fairly quickly, just saying, finally, an alternative. When you tell them it's two years, they think that's exactly what's required. Yeah, as opposed to 30 days. Two years to stay in that, that they have to live in the house. Yeah, they stay for two years minimum. Now, here's the surprising thing, Chris. Our students, in order to satisfy their, their commitment to the courts, and sometimes they're lengthy sentences. You know, we've had students that were facing 15 or 20 years. And so it's fairly easy math to say, gosh, if I go there for two years and learn to become a decent human being, then it's going to, you know, get me out of a 20-year sentence. I, I, I think I ought to do this. But, I, but you know, the, the, the challenge is uh, that after you finish two years, sometimes people aren't completely done. If we were based on a funding model and said, all right, well, you're going to have to pay more to stay, no one would be able to. Nobody could afford to stay for two years anyway. Two-thirds of the students that make it to two years ask to stay a third year voluntarily. They've satisfied their court requirements. They don't have to do anything else to get out of their sentence, but they choose to stay longer for two reasons. One, because they know they want to work on themselves a little more. And number two, because they fall in love with the, the process of helping other people to change. And they're the ones that are, that are supplying the leadership in the house. That is really great that you give them that option, too, because it does seem like someone who maybe it helped a lot and would want to stay on a little bit more and eventually help run it. And really, you know, the fact that they've been through it, they can help empathize and work with people coming in a little bit easily, a little bit more easily, it would seem like. They, they totally do. And we have these impossible moments. I mean, I, I wish I could um, do, I had more than words to describe it. But just last week, we had 30 police officers at our house from the Salt Lake Police Department. And, you know, for, for a lot of our younger students, that's an intimidating prospect. I mean, these, these were the other guys, the bad guys, you know, for a long time in their lives. That would scare those of us who have a parking ticket. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, whoa, what are you guys here for? Well, the, the coolest thing was the Salt Lake City Police, the South Salt Lake Police Department was there because they wanted the Other Side Academy to teach them how to create a culture of accountability, how to maintain high ethical standards, how to make it so that officers will hold one another accountable when they see them doing things that they probably ought not to do, which we all know is a big deal these days. And where do they go to learn it? 
they go to learn it from a bunch of former criminals. And standing in front of the house uh, was Leticia Ledesma, who has been with us now for uh, three years. So she stayed her two years, got out from under her sentence, has stayed an additional year. She's now teaching police officers how to hold each other accountable. Well, the police officer on the front row, a man by the name of Jim Anderson, was the lieutenant in charge of all the police there. His eyes were squinting. He's looking at her. And and finally, recognition hit. He remembered he had arrested her half a dozen times. And so talk talk about a moment. Here's the guy that's arrested her over and over again, now sitting at her feet and learning from her. And there was this incredible reunion because this, this officer, Anderson, had seen potential in her before. And it, and it broke his heart when he would be taking her one more time in and, and a lengthier sentence the next time. And boy, what an incredible thing to, to see her showing up as a different person than he had ever seen. That re- What a cool, like, you know, 360 moment to be a part of, too. Yeah. And, and there are hundreds of them. You know, there's the moment that a banker showed up with a million dollar check and it was a loan. It was a million dollar loan that she was making to a hundred felons so that they could buy the apartment building across the street. And the reason a hundred felons qualified for a million dollar loan is because they have a profit and loss statement and a balance sheet. They walked in the front door of the bank, they filled out all the normal paperwork, and they got this loan. And you know, on what planet would you have expected that that people that came from that rough of a, an experience previously? would ever be able to participate in that kind of a transaction, but they get to. They're changing the world. They literally are. You must be incredible at teaching people soft skills because the fact that you can get that many people to work together effectively is is amazing in any condition, right? People who are <laughs> trained and have worked with people and, you know, it's still challenging to to manage that many people and work together and keep everything fluid. Is that kind of something that you focus on helping them work towards? Yeah, you're, you're, you're half right. <laughs> Only the, half. The half. Well, at least it's half. That's pretty good. You're batting 500. So the, the half that you're right is soft skills are everything. That That is the key to the house. And it's literally creating a culture where everyone calls everyone on their stuff, where everyone holds everyone else accountable, because that's how we develop a conscience. That's how we get better. That's how you and I did it. And so that's number one. But very little of the teaching is attributable to me. It's attributable to the students who teach the younger students. So when a new person comes in, it's the person who arrived five minutes before them that becomes their teacher and then teaches the next one after that and so on. So there's a culture there in the house because the students are the ones that maintain it. And I do my little bit here and there and uh, and they smile politely and make me feel like I'm doing something (laughs) useful. But they're the ones that are making this happen. Hey, what's up, guys? It's me. It's Chris. One of the hosts of the podcast you're listening to, you know, just wanted to take a couple of minutes of your time and talk about this brand new adventure that I'm on and a journey that I've just started, which I know a lot of you already know about. I know a lot of you have heard me talk about it a lot already, but I know that some of you have it. I just wanted to let you know that I recently became a licensed real estate agent here in the state of Utah. And to make things even better, I'm now one of the newest personalities on Real Estate Essentials on ABC4, which is powered by Top Equity Realty. So with all that being said, I would love to help you or any of your friends or family that are looking to sell or buy a home. I'd love to be your realtor. You can call me or text me at 801-244-2908 with any questions or even if you just want to chat about real estate. Or you can shoot me an email at chris at mybeardedutahrealtor.com. Hope to talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. 
It sounds like you really implement like a lateral leadership model where everybody holds each other accountable in the same amount of whatever the word would be. I don't know. In chargeness. Yeah. 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 You nailed it. You nailed it. So Dave DeRocher is the executive director at the Other Side Academy. Uh, He served 22 years in prison, was on his way to a 29-year sentence when he had a shot to come to a place just like that. And now he lives in the house, he and his wife do, uh, right in the middle of the chaos and trying to help maintain the standards of the house. But but he's he's sort of the, the, the top dog. If he today walked into the house and made a mistake, I can promise you five students would call him out on it within a second. And, and that's how you know you have a culture that can change lives. Uh, all of us in any organization, I don't know where your day jobs are, but every organization is about one of two things, truth or power. In most places, it's about power. It's about who's the boss, who's got control of resources, who hires and fires. And so what you can and can't say is sort of governed by that. If the house is about truth or the organization is about truth, then anyone ought to be able to say anything to anyone if it helps us to do better work. And that's how it is at the Other Side Academy. It's a house that's about truth. Now, do other cities do similar type? uh, Do they have houses like this? Is there other places that do it as well? There are an unfortunately small number of them in the world. So uh, we we have some sister organizations. Uh, There's Delancey Street, where some of our founding team came from. Uh, There's a place called Habilitat in Hawaii. There's a place called Trosa in North Carolina. Uh, We helped train a place called Red Barn Academy that's here in Utah that's just like us now and doing phenomenal work as well. And so they're just a small handful. But in the 1970s, there were scores of them. In the 1970s, this kind of model, free, lengthy, long enough to solve the problem, peer-based, it was out there, but it got replaced by the funding model. What, what happened was many of them started taking government money and pretty soon the, you get addicted to government money. And then the government comes in and says, hey, it takes you two years. Could you do it in one? And you're so dependent on them for funding, you try to do it in one and then six months and then three months and pretty soon you're a rehab. Yeah, it makes sense because they would eventually cut costs to, that make sense on their end without seeing how it affects and impacts everybody down below. Yeah. If you're not self-reliant, then you don't control your destiny. Yeah. Let's talk about the other side village. I was watching um, the YouTube video that you have on the the website. Holy cow, the vision that you have for this thing. I kind of want to go live there. It's (laughs) like, oh, cool. We can all help each other. (laughs) That's really nice. When, I mean, when do you want to have this built by? Or is there a date? The, the date that I threw out in the beginning was March of next year. I think what will happen, uh, we've had some good news about potential sites. Uh, we can't announce anything yet, but, uh, but we've got, uh, I, think, uh, I think we found a site. And so I'm hoping we can make an announcement in the next month or so. But uh, if that's the case, then we ought to be moving dirt within a few months. And uh, there, there will be some infrastructure work that has to be done. Uh, but we know that there's an enormous pent up desire to help in the Utah community. There are so many that want this to happen that homes will go up fairly quickly. Now, in the video, it was showing like kind of like trailers and uh, it kind of looked like, like, a KO, like a KOA type campground. Is that kind of what you're thinking here or more, more like uh, permanent fixture homes? Yeah. So uh, imagine the best planned community you've ever seen because that's uh-huh. going to be picture. So the video you saw was referencing uh, a community first, a tiny yeah. home community in Austin, Texas. 
And when they first started, they had some trailers. Uh, they would buy secondhand trailers and then they started doing tiny homes and then different versions of tiny homes. So we've learned an enormous amount from them. Uh, they've been generous and helpful and will continue to be. Uh, ours is going to benefit from all of their learning. So it will be tiny homes from day one, uh, 250 to 400 square foot homes that are self-contained, that have a kitchen and a little living area and a bedroom. Uh, they'll have porches. But most importantly, it's going to be a community. It's going to have retail and social enterprise and a vibrant uh, art scene. So we intend to have a 600-seat auditorium and have already got commitments from a half dozen or so music artists to do concerts the first year. And so it'll be a gathering place for the whole community. This, uh, this is going to be a gem. So this is kind of a, a solution that you're hoping will help soften the, the homelessness issues that we're having around here, I'm, it sounds like. Yeah, the, the, the goal is to help those who are chronically homeless, many of whom are, are struggling with mental health challenges. Uh, some have physical disabilities that are part of what makes it difficult for them to get back to different circumstances. And so uh, the, the village ultimately will have housing for 400 to 500 people. And that's a pretty big dent in, uh, in the population that would like to have access to those kinds of opportunities now. And, uh, but as important as this village will be, we intend it to be a model as well. And so I expect that there will be other versions of the village in Utah. And uh, th this is a tremendous path for many of those who are unsheltered right now to be able to have a shot at at what you and I have. I absolutely love this because I would say more than half of the people that we bring on when we're talking about things that we want to see uh, impacts like changes in Salt Lake City and surrounding areas is the homelessness. You know, people, it, it hurts to see so many people not have anywhere to go. And it's really cool to see that you're actually like creating uh, something to help attack this issue and, and help provide for for those who might have those mental health problems or just need help getting back on their feet. Yeah. Um, what's like, what's kind of, how do they find you? How do we, how do we get you guys connected? You know, is there anything that the, uh, the greater amount of us can do? Yeah, there, there certainly is. I mean, it takes a village to build a village <laughs> and uh, there's going to be a lot of work to be done. There will be so many volunteer opportunities for people that want to come and do landscaping and plant some trees and some flowers. Uh, there will be a chance for those who want to swing a hammer for a while to come and help out as well. And and so you think about the, the volume of effort to build four or five hundred homes in all of the related buildings, there will be a cafe and a salon and uh, uh, dry cleaning and, you know, all the services that anybody would want access to right there in the village. And all those buildings are going to take take work to get done. We've been so pleased and not surprised because this is kind of the Utah culture. I think we like solving grassroots problems and I think we care about each other. I think we're the kind of people that, that like to solve our problems at the local level. And uh, and so we've seen literally an avalanche of, uh, of volunteerism coming forward. So all we have to do now is get to identifying the land, creating the master plan, and then chunking out some of the tasks that people can start rolling up their sleeves and helping out with. All right, we're going to take just a minute of your time and talk about one of our awesome sponsors, utahmarijuana.org. Hey, utahmarijuana.org, they're your number one spot for all things medical marijuana, medical cannabis, CBD, and THC. I want to give a quick shout out to my co-host on my other podcast, Utah in the Weeds. Hopefully you've all been listening to this one uh, that I do with Tim Pickett. Well, Tim Pickett, 
He's the man behind utahmarijuana.org, which is a sponsor now of this podcast. I love it. And they have a team of medical cannabis experts that make getting your medical card easy from your first office visit to navigating the state card application and beyond. And I just got to say, during this year, you know, I became a cannabis patient with utahmarijuana.org and uh, COVID messed me up, right? And uh, I've had really hard times with my hands and swelling and pain and and Tim from uh, utahmarijuana.org has helped me really get through that because I'm a, I'm a long hauler and uh, his help has been invaluable for me to be able to continue working. utahmarijuana.org is amazing and they have over 20 compassionate and highly skilled qualified medical providers ready to help you find relief. And right now they're offering an exclusive discount to I Am Salt Lake listeners. Just use the code GREEN25 for $25 off your first visit. Like Chrissy said, use that code GREEN25. This is going to give you $25 off your visit, as well as let them know you're a listener of this podcast. So pretty cool how that works. And if you're in the North Salt Lake Bountiful area, check this out because utahmarijuana.org has a location right next door to Wholesome Co. at 580 West, 100 North, number four. It's right there by Costco as well. So depending on where you're located in the valley, they have a location for you. So isn't it time that you took control of your own health? UtahMarijuana.org. Feel better. Now, did you grow up here in Utah or where is home for you, man? Are, are you going to like me less if it wasn't here? <laughs> no, I, I didn't grow up here in Utah. So yeah, I, yeah, neither of us did. We're yeah. transplants. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm one of the Californians. So born in Ventura, raised in the Bay Area in California, and I wandered out here later. You were born in Ventura, no kidding. That's where I was born and raised. Born and raised right, no, right, you're kidding. right in Ventura. Yeah, right, right off of the avenues there. I don't know if you remember the avenues, Ventura Avenue. Uh-huh. Yeah, man. Oh my goodness. Yeah, my my cousin up until a while ago ran a pizza parlor right on the beach there, and and uh, yeah, that's those are my roots. That's so cool. Do you ever make it back down to Ventura at all? I have a few times, not 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 so often because we don't have a lot of family there anymore, and yeah. and then I grew up mostly in the Bay Area, and so that's where a lot of friends still are. Yeah, yeah. So what brought you to Utah then? I went to school, went to Brigham Young University, and I married there, and I and started raising our family here. I tried moving back to California, but this is such a family friendly state, so we ended up coming back and raised our children here. And then I, we got to touch this fact that you co-authored like seven books. Is that correct? According to your, your bio here. I mean, I've read a couple of them, but I, I don't know all of them that you've written. Yeah. I won't spoil the ending, man. <laughs> <laughs> what got you into writing books? Like what, uh, I mean, is that like your, is that where your, where it started kind of for you, your interest in writing or, or how did that happen? Well, yeah, not, not really interest in writing, but interest in people. Okay. And so to me, people are the, the, the most fascinating thing on the planet. So, you know, understanding my, my background, my academic training is in social science. And so to me, the, the most interesting questions in the world are why do we do what we do and how can you help people change? And that's been my enduring fascination throughout my career. Helped start a company called Vital Smarts that uh, does training and organization development consulting. And so most of my work was in a professional setting, working with companies, trying to help them figure out why employees are acting the way they do and how could you help them change so that we're more productive together because heaven knows there's a lot of drama in the workplace. And so a lot of what we wrote uh, came out of uh, a a lot of hard learning in the trenches in in workplaces as we were working to try to make things better. And along the way, I wrote uh, co-authored a book called Influencer, The New Science of Leading Change. 
And in the influencer book, we did case studies of just remarkable change strategies from all around the world, things that have saved millions of lives and and literally solved problems that most of us think are unsolvable. Well, one of those case studies was a place called Delancey Street in California. And Delancey Street is what the Other Side Academy is based on. So that's that's what exposed me to that model. And I'll tell you, just as people say about the Other Side Academy today, once you've been there, it just it doesn't leave your mind. Uh, it's hard to not think about what a remarkable place it is. And when you think of where our students start and the kind of ethical, moral, decent, productive, happy, loving, connected culture they create, it's, uh, it's an inspiration and a challenge to all of us. It really is true because we, we noticed that after we had um, worked with your students, like we just, we wanted reasons to keep promoting them and, and using them because there's such a difference, you know, you can really tell that they're invested and it's a really neat experience. Yeah, we, we get this opportunity all the time to go with our students when they complete their commitment, when they graduate, they'll go back to court. And so those that have a court obligation, I get to sit in front of the judge sometimes and see that conversation take place. I saw one that just brought me to tears. This judge who had sentenced one of our students probably a couple of dozen times had the stack of all of his file in front of him. And he looked at this stack of papers and then he looked at our student, our graduate, and they looked down and looked up three or four times. And he said, I don't even know who you are anymore. Our student standing there proud, wearing a suit, uh, heading in a different direction. And the judge said, on behalf of the state of Utah, you're forgiven of any outstanding offenses. Go and live a happy life. And being able to be part of that kind of a moment, there's, there's nothing I wouldn't sacrifice that wouldn't be worth it. You know, one question I didn't ask, uh, and I mean, hopefully this is okay to ask, but what are most of them, like, what, what did most of them become felons for? I mean, it's probably was just like drug offenses and really low. Most of the people that are at the point of the mountain don't, don't even really belong there. They're most of just drug offenses, really. Well, the, the drugs are where it started, yeah. but there's some pretty bad stuff, you know, and okay. many that have done violent offenses and the, the, the drugs are the impetus to it. But, uh, but as you get in this adrenaline-driven, narcissistic kind of lifestyle, uh, other people's needs don't matter anymore. True. Well, it's hard to see anything else. When yeah, it is. It's what's in for immediately in front of me and what I want right now. And, you know, I'll steal from my grandmother. I'll steal from my mother. I'll, uh, you know, I'll, I'll take drugs from my dad who has cancer that he needs for him, his pain meds. I'll break into somebody's house and... Uh, we had a, a moment just recently where one of our students was sentenced, and I, I sat and listened to the sentencing. He'd stole about, and a group of others, about $600,000 worth of stuff, which was basically the entire net worth of this 80-year-old man that he had hoped to bequeath to his children. You know, that, that's not good. That's bad. And so, you know, I, I understand when people say you shouldn't incarcerate people for being a drug addict. If you ask our students, they'll say, no, you ought to incarcerate us for being a criminal. For, for, for hurting other people and taking their things, you don't get to do that. And that kind of accountability is often a tremendous blessing to people because it pushes the pause button on life and lets you say, am I heading the direction I want to I head? Yeah, absolutely. It gives them time to really think about it in a healthy environment. What do you do on those days that you're not very motivated? Like that day that you're just like, I want to stay in bed. I mean, do you stay in bed or, or how do you remotivate yourself? How do you uh, get out of that funk that you're in? The, the only thing that gets me to that place is heartbreak. Okay. So it's, it's never boredom. It's never that the work isn't uh, uh, of tremendous importance. 
it's it's heartbreak and this is a war and so we we lose students we buried a few and you you probably know people that have gone down the dark path too and and you you've lost them and so when when i see somebody that has every possibility in the world make an impulsive decision one day and walk out and then they're back down on the block and using again and destroying their life eating out of a dumpster it's uh, it, it is hard and there are times when i want to crawl into a hole and, uh, and I just wonder, am I just, am I wasting my time? Is this not really work? And then I look at Leticia and Justin, and I look at the ones that, uh, that have a completely different life today, and I get out of bed and I fight again. We have a few standard Salt Lake City questions that we ask everybody that comes through here, Joseph. So, of course, we have to ask you. I hope they're true or false. Well, they, they, they are. They're true or false. They can no. be. Well, so the first question is, you know, we have family and friends that visit us from out of state. They come to Utah. They're here for the weekend. And we give them a tour around town. We, you know, we hop in the car. We go for a drive. And I'm curious if there are like a place or two that you like to show off, right? Do you take them downtown? Do you take them to the mountains, Park City, the Great Salt Lake? Some people say the temple. I don't know if there's one or two places that you like to take people to. Yeah, well, you're tossing me a softball on that one. I'm sure they'll get harder after this. But yeah, every one of the places you name, depending on the person, I'd take them to. I'd take them to Temple Square, Park City, or the Salt Flats, because those are gems. I mean, those are awesome. But the other is the Other Side Academy. I, I, I really think that it reflects our culture, the, the Salt Lake culture and the Utah culture as much as anything, that we're about redemption and we're about self-reliance. I mean, we're, we're this kind of pioneer stock as a people. And, uh, and we're a community that's figuring out how to come together uh, amidst diversity. And, uh, and boy, I, I think that's such a, an emblem of, uh, of all we want to be. What about any favorite local eating spots? I'm sure you have one or two favorites that you like to go to, right? Oh, I absolutely do. Yeah, that's so my, my wife and I relocated to Salt Lake when we started the Other Side Academy because we wanted to be close to campus. And that's been one of the funnest things is uh, this incredible dining scene that we didn't quite. We had the Olive Garden in Provo. Um, <laughs> have you ever been there? Oh, yeah. That was like uh -huh. the only restaurant in Provo and Salt Lake back 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah, we were so excited when it came. But uh, yeah, the um, SLC Eatery, I think, is uh, just terrific. Uh, there's a place called Stanza that, that we go to. And I'll just tell you my favorite as of today, because my wife and I just got from a, got back from a place called Indochine, uh, in Indochine uh, on 13th East. It's a Vietnamese restaurant and was just terrific. Do so try that out. Try that yeah. Out. Worth, yeah. Worth the drive. All right, here's a little bit harder question since you said that that other I one was that. a softball question. What would you change about Salt Lake City if you could change anything? Like, let's say you had that opportunity uh, to change something. See, I mean, my whole thing is you kind of are. Yeah. But if I mean, you I guess you kind of, I guess you kind of are. So maybe that isn't so hard. <laughs> I do have something that I, I want to change. And I, and I hope we're a part of that. When I, I, I've done a lot of consulting work in South Africa. And, uh, you know, you, you, you obviously a place that had historic divisions uh, of a monumental size and, uh, and they are, they're working hard and have worked hard to try to overcome them. And uh, one of the questions that's asked on a survey every year, people across South Africa, uh, that's kind of their measure of are we making progress is have you gone to dinner with someone of the other race? Have you recently got not a business dinner, but had someone in your home to dinner that's of the other uh, a race different than yours, and I love that question because yeah. that's the kind of I mean that that's the kind of vulnerability, that's the kind of openness, 
that brings people together. And we have way too many of those kind of divides here. We have them around religion. We have them around ethnicity. We have them around sexual uh, preference and uh, sexual identity. And we, we, we have all of these divides where we think that we have to form tribes and camps. And, uh, and I think if we just went to dinner more often and had somebody in our home that's from a different life than the one that we know, that everything would get better. I love that. Let's start just, doing that, Let's Chrissy. generate empathy, man. Yeah, let's start Everywhere. doing that here. I want to do that with our family. Solid point. I love that. That's a great idea. We're gonna, I'm going to steal that one, man. I'm gonna you steal got that it. One. Hey, you know, it's been an honor to have you on the podcast. Uh, I know we just kind of skimmed the surface with a ton of stuff, but I mean, is there anything that you were hoping we would talk about while, while the recording's still going, while we're still talking? I mean, is there anything you were hoping we would talk about during this podcast? Well, I'll, I'll drop uh, uh, what, what I think is, is sort of the central message of my life, if that's okay, uh, yeah. that, that I hope weaves through a lot of what we've talked about. But, but really, I think the, the, the capacity to come together as a community, the capacity to change lives, the capacity for us to, to solve any kind of complex problem we face in our state and in our world um, depends on our ability to talk about differences with each other. It really is about being able to confront emotionally and politically risky conversations. And we become a nation of cowards. We become a nation of people that talk to nobody different than ourselves. We sit in echo chambers and repeat the same mantra to each other. And I don't care which part of the divide you're on. We're all doing it. And uh, and that's destroying the world. So, uh, you know, Crucial Conversations is one of the intellectual products I've had the privilege of being a part of. And I truly believe that if we could learn to have the, the courage and the grace required to step into those conversations together, that, uh, that there's nothing we can't do. I just want to say I'm dead serious because I don't think we were recording when I was talking about it before. Crucial Conversations, I was recommended to read that when I was at kind of at a low point in my career. I was pregnant and I was depressed and I just didn't really want to do anything. And uh, my boss was like, you have to read this book. And it was a game changer. So I, everyone needs to read that book. It's a really good way to understand, like even consider how other people could be perceiving a situation and, and you know, just kind of open yourself up to other people a little bit more than we normally would. We, we usually think very one-sided, you know? Gratifying to hear that. I'm really glad, Chrissy. It's, it's a game changer. And I feel like, you need to listen to Hidden Brain too. Have you ever heard the podcast Hidden Brain? Of course I do. Yeah. Oh, hey, yeah. I was like, oh like man, that yeah. is my that is my favorite podcast. I'm trying to get everyone else to listen to it, but <laughs> I was like, man, all the stuff you're saying, social science out there. Yeah, dude, isn't he? Oh, I'm yeah. so excited. I want to read. He's coming out with a book soon, or he did. Maybe he did. I need to read it. Yeah. Shankar Vedanta is awesome. Do you got any books up your sleeve? Any books you're part of or writing? I just published one yesterday, <laughs> uh, so this this is breaking news. It's, no rest it's, for the weary. Yeah, well, you know, books happen to me. They I, I don't sit down to write them. They're 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 really things that well up inside me and and have to find voice somewhere. And so I I can always tell when when one needs to be written. And and that was this one. So my wife and I have had the privilege of teaching a class at the Other Side Academy, which by the way I'll be heading down to do when we finish here. And, uh, and it's kind of on emotional intelligence. It's on how to learn why you feel the way you feel and, and learn to manage emotions in a way that leads to greater, uh, uh, better relationships and greater peace in life. So the book is called uh, A Life of Peace and Love. 
And uh, it's not available anywhere other than at the other side Academy. <laughs> so sorry about that. But, I, so, but you could I, go in and buy it there. You could or do you have to be be a, a student. No, if you walked in the front door and asked, they would sell you one. But that's the only way anybody will get it. Okay. Okay. That's exclusive. That's good to know. And and I'll put I'll put that those addresses um, at IamSaltLake.com with this episode as well. So so the addresses Perfect. will be on there. Uh, how can listeners, I mean, is there a way that they could get a hold of you or reach out to you or find out more about the Other Side Academy or the village? I mean, what what are the best ways to for our listeners to get in touch? Yeah. So first of all, and most importantly, if anybody knows somebody that that could be benefited by the Other Side Academy, just go to theothersideacademy.com. There's videos there that describe the, the, the program, how it works, how to get in. And, uh, and if somebody just wants to get there immediately, all they have to do 24 hours a day, seven days a week is go to 667 South, 100 East and walk into the, the reception room and sit on the bench. They'll get an interview within a few hours. And if they're accepted, they start that day. And uh, that's the beauty of the Other Side Academy. If they if they like to reach out to me, they're welcome to contact me at joseph at the other side academy dot com also. And uh, they ought to follow the the progress of the village. We'll be making some exciting announcements, I hope, here in the next few weeks. Very cool. Very cool. Well, thank you. That again. Sounds amazing. Thank you again for doing the podcast. Seriously, it's it's been Pleasure. an honor to have you on the show. Uh, I always tell people, let's catch up down the road, right? See what's going on. Find out about the village once that gets going. Chrissy has a final question, though. She asks everybody that comes through. So, of course, she has to ask you. So, you don't get away. Yeah, thank you so much. Could we have you leave a, a piece of life advice or a motto with our listeners? Yeah, I, I would be happy to. I, I, I tell students at the Other Side Academy all the time that there are small lessons they learn there and big lessons they learn there. The, the small lessons are to be honest and care about others and, you know, set boundaries and a lot of just basics of life. But the big lesson is to have a purpose. The, 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 the key to, to, to joy, not just pleasure, but to joy, is to have something that urges you out of bed in spite of the fact that you're feeling sad that morning, as, as I shared with Chris. And uh, heaven knows there, there are enough things in the community that need our attention and probably one of them that matches perfectly the life preparation that you personally have, uh, ha- have put in. And so I, I, I think if more people would do that, most, most visions die birthing. I think a lot of us have a vision one day and then we do nothing about it. If people will step into it, we'll all be better off. Thanks again to Joseph Grenny from The Other Side Academy for joining us on this episode of the podcast. All of the links that we mentioned in this conversation can be found with this episode show notes on our podcast website at IamSaltLake.com. And to get directly to this episode, type IamSaltLake.com slash 490 in your browser. All right. Hey, before we leave today, I want to mention a couple of ways you can help support this podcast. And believe it or not, this podcast can use all of the support, uh, the support available. First and foremost, you can leave us a review in, uh, in iTunes, Apple Podcasts. That way we know what you guys think of the show I mean, and you can let other people know, you know, what you think yeah, of the show. Stitcher, Facebook, you know, yeah, I, like us where, everywhere, where, man. Wherever, wherever, wherever you can, can leave reviews. Review. Yeah, absolutely. Go leave a review there. We'll even take positive critiquing. <laughs> <laughs> you can become a Patreon supporter at uh, patreon.com slash I am Salt Lake. Otherwise, you guys have a great week. Get out and enjoy Salt Lake City this week. It's going to be beautiful out there. Support local. And we're going to see you on the next episode of I Am Salt Lake Podcast. And good night, Grammy.